Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Important question for you today. Are you coachable? And what I mean by that is, are you really, honestly, if you're being honest with yourself, open to new perspectives and new ideas that are going to stretch your own limitations to overcome anything that's keeping you stuck and to get to that place of growth that I know that you're craving? That important yet simple question, are you coachable, is what we are diving into today with the amazing Tori Gordon. Now, Tori knows a thing or two about what it means to be coachable. She is the founder of the Coachable Podcast and has a lot to share today on this idea and really this mindset on what it means to be coachable. And are you, even if you say you're coachable, are you actually showing up every day in your life and how you're doing your work? to actually being coachable? And are you allowing yourself to learn and grow and think and feel in new ways? So if you are someone who is wanting to stretch past your limitations, start to overcome some of those limiting beliefs that could be getting in your way, you're going to love today's episode. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Hi, Tori. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. It's so good to be with you. I feel um, just so thankful that you and I got to connect through some mutual friends this year. And um, I was honored to be on your incredible podcast and to get to know you more and all the great work that you do. And now I feel honored to have you on mine. So thank you for being here. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, Okay. So Tori, for those who maybe this is their first time learning about you, um, I would love for you to share a little bit of your story and why why you show up the way that you do Mm -hmm. on social media and online. Yeah. So I started creating content online um, full-time back in 2019 after leaving a corporate job um, that I'd been in for a little over six years. I I was in outside sales um, and then I went into sales uh, training and performance management. um, And I, at that point, hit a crossroads in my life like many people do at some point or another, which um, led me to reevaluate how I was spending my time and energy and the life that I was building for myself. And, um, for me that came through the urgency of death, the, the realization that life is temporary and that I have, um, to get about the business of living a meaningful life now and not continue to put it off. And so that required me to be really honest with myself about the life uh, and the dreams that I was chasing and were they really mine and um, why were they important to me or were they important to me? Um, And what I found was that a lot of the things that I was hustling for and working for and I had achieved not only didn't fulfill me, but we're going to continue to um, create a life that would ultimately like end in exhaustion, misery, frustration, 
overwhelm, a lot of the things that I saw my bosses and predecessors and people living in, and I looked at their lives and I was like, this is not what I want for mine. But that requires me to do something about it. That requires me to be willing to change and to, to pivot and have the courage to walk away from something that's really comfortable and really familiar and that I'm good at and that I'm praised for. And so I had to do a lot of uh, unlearning and deprogramming the, the stories around what success looked like, what winning looked like, um, and be willing to kind of step into the unknown. And in 2019, that's what I did. I, I, um, started a podcast at the point, at that point it was called, uh, your welcome radio. And that was really out of a selfish desire to share my own transformational journey of what was, what were the learnings, the lessons that I was experiencing? What are the conversations that were having, I was having around my dinner table with the people closest to me, to my mentors and, and my coaches. And I wanted to bottle up those conversations and share it with people because I was so hungry and thirsty for that. I want, I thought, you know, other people needed this too. And so when I launched that show in October, 2019, I actually um, was still working at my corporate job at the time. And I got a call from my boss and her boss was on the line. And, and they said, um, you know, we saw on LinkedIn that you, that you uh, started a podcast and the first words out of their mouth were, were really disappointed. And I was kind of taken aback because I didn't understand why they would say that, especially the launch of the show was really about my, like me sharing my story and vulnerabilities. And it was pretty clear quickly that they hadn't listened to it. And they immediately went into, you know, this looks like it takes a lot of time. We want you to be fully dedicated to this role. How do we know you're not taking time away from this to do something else? And at that point, it just became really um, evident that the things that I was beginning to prioritize and value most in my life were not the same. And, um, so there was this gap and I immediately felt like I was on this fence, one foot in this world where my, my spare time, my part time, my, my mind would go to around personal development and personal branding and, and transformation. And that's where I wanted to spend my time. And then this other thing uh, that was, I was responsible for and obligated to do, because I had said yes to this, this role. And I decided I had to get off the fence that I wasn't going to make progress in either direction. And, and that's when I started coachable and, um, and started coaching full time and creating content online. And um, for me, like many people who become content creators or set out to make an impact or a mission, uh, like or on a mission in life to share a message, I started on Instagram because that's where I had used, uh, you know, the platform that I'd used personally. And I was trying to pivot that content to become an authority and let people know, hey, I'm doing something new. Um, but ultimately, I ended up trying TikTok because it felt like there was an opportunity that I didn't actually know anybody that was on TikTok at the time. So it was sort of a breath of fresh air outside of everything I'd been taught around what kind of how to create content. And um, I just kind of got to be myself and got to experiment. And um, in 2020, during the pandemic, things really, really took off on that platform. And since then, we've started a brand new podcast, rebranded everything under the Coachable uh, podcast and Coachable brands, and um, things have just taken off over the last couple of years. So it's really, uh, you know, it's been a, a journey. It's been um, a lot of self-trust and trial and error and, you know, putting myself out there and seeing, you know, seeing what happens, but also learning along the way. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to, to be here and share whatever I can that's of use to you guys to help you navigate that experience and that journey for yourselves. What does it mean to be coachable? I think just willing, willing to learn, willing to learn how to do something better. 
I think it's one of the most undervalued skills that we can acquire and that we can um, be open to, which is just willingness to say yes, willingness to have the courage to be a beginner. Because I think a lot of us get caught in the trap of thinking that we need to know it all, that we need to be the expert, we need to be the smartest one in the room, or at least look like it. And so we fake it till we make it. And I'm like, hey, let's throw all of that out because I, that was my mantra for years, is fake it till you make it. And now I'm like, nope, I want to be continually learning, evolving, growing, and expanding. And my willingness to do that and to admit that I don't know everything, I think makes me um, have a greater competitive edge than the people that either don't take those chances or aren't willing to to start over, to be a beginner, try something new. Yeah. And I want to ask you about that because really what I see, it's not that people say that they're not willing. It's actually that people are like, oh no, I'm willing to be coachable. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to invest. I'm willing to do this. But then when it actually comes time to do it, they don't do it at all. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, what I think about is like someone that's like, I want to go see a friend. Like I, I need to get in a car to go see a friend. I really want to go see my friend. I haven't seen my friend in, in months. I want to go see her for her birthday. It's going to be a great time, but I refuse to get in a car. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy one. I'm not going to pay for the Uber. I'm not going to ride share with a friend, but I really want to go. I really want to go. I really want to get from A to B. And the only way that I can get there is I have to get in a car, but I will not get in a car, but I really want to go. So what do you think, Tori, what is this mindset that, mm. that so many of us have where we say one thing, we say that we want to see this change in our lives. We want to start the side hustle. We want to lose the weight. We, you know, want to finally go all in. We want to start showing up online and creating content and building personal brands. And we say it and we say it and we say it. And the second that we get the opportunity to, opportunity to do it, even if it's just, you mm. know, watching some YouTube channels or investing in a coach or buying a course or whatever that may be, that's really going to start to move the needle. People are like, nope, nope, not doing mm -hmm. it. And we have all the excuses in the world, all the reasons why we can't do it. Why do you think that's always the case? Yeah, I think, first of all, I don't think desire is enough. Desire is not enough. And making the decision and saying you're going to do something isn't either. You know, there's a, a friend of mine um, tells the story that there's there's five frogs on a log. Four of them decide to jump off. How many frogs are left on the log? And the answer is five. How many? <laughs> the answer is five because making a decision isn't enough. You actually have to take the action. So just because you decide you want to do something, it's only the first step. Desire, seeing someone else doing something you want to do feeling envious even is like, is trying to point you in the direction of where you should be taking action, what you should be moving towards. And I think the thing that holds people back, it's like when you're actually given the opportunity and you're like, okay, you want this? Sure. As soon as you get clarity about what you want, and then you even own it, you say it out loud, that's when all of the opponents show up. That's when resistance shows up. And I talk about your opponents in the game of life being your mindset, your belief system, all of your negative self-talk, all of the stories that you have ingrained in your subconscious mind that tell you you can't, it's not that bad. Oh, if you do this, you'll be laughed at, people will judge you, et cetera, et cetera. And it is our, it is our brain's functionality. Its primary job is to keep us alive and in survival. Most of us have only ever played 
defense in the game of life, which is, okay, I'm going to do what's familiar. I'm going to stay where I feel safe. I'm going to do what I think people like that they will accept me for. But if I rock the boat, no, that feels scary. So I'm not going to do it. And we mask that with all of the excuses and all the reasons I'm too busy. I don't have time. I don't have. And the truth is we're just going to a default pattern of if you've only ever played a position, like one position on the field your entire life, that's what you know to do. It's default. So learning how to intentionally take progressive action, move down the field towards your goal, towards the thing you want, that requires offense. And that is a skill set many people have not learned. So what I tell people is don't necessarily beat yourself up for reverting to old habitual patterns of self-protection and self-defense and playing small because you learned that. It's like muscle memory. But recognize and become aware of this is the pattern that I fall into. I say I want to do something and then I don't show up for it. And then it's about practicing a new skill set, a new uh, a new way of being, of of learning how to create new habits and that is ha- that happens over time. It's a practice because we've spent the last 25, 30, however old like you are, however many years repeatedly doing something. So you've gotten good at it. So it's, there is a transition period, a period of learning and being coachable. And so just accepting the fact that I'm not going to, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to be necessarily good at it right off the bat, but I'm willing to look silly. I'm willing to do it scared. I'm willing to show up anyway. And despite my fears, despite what I think other people are going to think about it, because what is my other option? What's my other option? If I don't do it, then, then I continue doing what I've always done. And am I okay with that? Most people, when they're honest, no. So it's an invitation to step onto the field of life and do something you've never done before, knowing that it's going to feel like you're not going to have the confidence, knowing that you're not going to feel like super prepared. But I think there's why having a good team, having support system, having coaches, mentors, people that can help guide you into learning a new skill set is super important. Yeah. So walk us through that. What do you think is the first step to becoming coachable? Yeah, I think there's this journey of moving out of the defense into the offense. And for a lot of us, that requires looking at how did we get here? right? What are the things that have led us to where we are right now in playing small, which a lot of time is past trauma, past things we didn't see coming that were like, "Mm, I'm scared because something bad might happen. And I say, like, I use the analogy of halftime in a game. It's like, when you're not where you want to be, this is an opportunity to do a hard reset and to get clarity and to refocus on what is the most important thing. What's the one thing I want more than anything else or that I want to accomplish, I want to achieve, and why? So recalibrating, remembering why you started, what you're fighting for, what you want to be remembered for, what your legacy you want to leave is, what mission you have, right? It's when you reconnect to that, that is something that inspires you forward, not something you're trying to run away from or avoid. And so I think the first thing is, getting clarity again about what you want, why you want it, why it's important to you and what you're willing to do to get there. 
And for me, that's like this choice point, that pivot point. I was on the fence that I was straddling in my career, which was like, hmm, I could go in two different directions right now. I continue to do what I've always done, stay in this safe corporate career, climb the ladder, make the lots of money. It would look picture perfect on the outside. Or I could completely walk away from that into the unknown, holding on to a possibility and a dream and creating that. I think it's Joe Dispenza says the best way to um, predict the future is to create it. And instead of creating the future that looks a lot like your past, we have to get clarity about what, how do we want that to look different? So getting clarity around what is the one thing, like not all the things I want, because I think we can get that diluted focus. What's the one thing that has, all, like, I want to give my attention and my focus to birthing and creating. And then why do I want it? Why is that important to me and what drives me to get there? And then ultimately, once you have that clarity, then it's about creating a team of people that can support you in doing that, right? Having people like coaches or mentors who are on the sidelines of your life that can see the blind spots that you don't see. It's about creating an environment to thrive. So there are things that you can set yourself up to, to succeed. But I think the first one is taking that time just to get explicitly clear. And that's what I call halftime. That's your chance to like take a water break, see where you're at on the field, see where you're at compared to your goals and be like, okay, I'm here. I want to be here. What do we have to do in the next 30, 60, 90 days to move the needle? And I love what you just said about, you know, some things that were coming up for me when you were talking about the clarity and, you know, comparing where you are to your goals. One of the things that I've noticed, um, especially in the last, I would say 18 months, um, you know, is the gift of the pandemic is that it allowed a lot of people who were on that fence of wanting to go all in on their side hustle or try this thing out, or maybe they had been the ones that were kind of the followers that were consuming and they were ready to, to kind of take a stance and lead and maybe, you know, create something for people. And that is amazing. The other, the other side to that is that for people that are trying to get the clarity, that are trying to niche down, that are trying to figure it out, if they're inundated with so much consumption day in and day out and so many different opportunities and choices and offers, it can get very overwhelming very, very fast. I would love to know when it comes to that and even this idea of, I loved what you said about you're not, you said you, you want to compare yourself to where you want to be. It's not about mm -hmm. comparing yourself to other people mm -mm. or comparing yourself to where they are. But comparing yourself to where you want to be, that's why I, I always think we are our own greatest competitors. Right. But how do we get to this really beautiful place of discernment, of knowing what should we be, you know, comparing our benchmarks to? How do we keep the focus on ourselves? How do we know who, who to trust, who, who to invest in, whose content to consume when we have now more than ever just this immense opportunity for mass consumption. Mm -hmm. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you wanna make money doing what you love, you need other support. 
You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Yeah, I think it does take discernment and a an ability to drop in and, and to trust yourself and your own intuition and your own inner guidance to um, make the choices that are, are most aligned for you. The first thing I'll say is there's no right or wrong choice. There's just the choice that you make and then the lessons that you learn from it. I don't believe that, um, you know, you can really make a wrong choice or there's, they all have different outcomes and they might have different, um, that like side effects of the thing that you decide to do, but ultimately it's all learning, even if it doesn't go well. Um, what I'll say is I think one of the best things you can do for yourself is look for and seek out people who are doing the thing you want to be doing at the level that you want to be doing it because there is tactics and strategies and there's also that, that someone can teach you, but there's also life experience and wisdom um, that, that I think is so invaluable of that you can get from learning from, observing, watching, um, sitting under someone who's walked that path who can prepare you for the, the turns that you haven't, that you don't see coming, right? Um, and I think that's one of the best things I've done for myself is I intentionally sought out mentors and teachers who were doing the thing I wanted to be doing. And I inserted myself into their life. I inserted myself into uh, their world and their experience. And I immersed myself in it, even if it wasn't like one-on-one -on -one coaching. I was in their programs. I went to their retreats. I was a sponge. That's what I also think it means to be coachable, like a child, just like willing to learn and grow in that way. But it can be super overwhelming. It can, that you, we can get stuck in analysis paralysis of like, what's the right thing? I think we need to let go of the need to do it perfectly and to do it right. And to think that if I make this choice, it will derail me and then I will never get to my goals. Like, here's the thing. If I am sitting where I am today in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I want to get to New York City, I have my current location, and then I'm going to put my destination, which is my goal, into a GPS, right? And what the GPS is going to do is give me the route I need to take to get there the quickest, and it's going to tell me every road, side road, like speed trap that there's going to be. And most people present, like, or come to their goals in the same way. They think I'm going to get started and I'm going to get moving when I know how to get from A to Z. And life's not that way. Life's saying, no, just get moving. And then I'll present the next 
the next prompt to you, the next road to you, the next right move for you. And a lot of us either we're just not moving and we're stagnant and we're staying still and we're wondering why we're not hitting our goals or getting to where we want to be, or we're following the person in front of us who is our friend or that person on social media, that person we're comparing ourselves to, and we're just doing everything that they're doing, not even considering, are we wanting to go in the same place? Are we wanting to go in the same direction? Are they going where I want to go? And we end up somewhere in freaking on the other side of the country and we're wondering, how did I get here? Because you didn't take time to actually assess and evaluate. Is the person that I'm following going where I want to go? Because we can't afford to blindly just follow whoever and think that we're going to assume that we're going in the same direction because we're not. And that's the value of knowing yourself, knowing clearly what you want, and then saying, oh, you're going there? You're going there? Let's go together. Or, hey, you've been there before? Can you help me? Can you give me some direction? And also know that just as you get going, I I love this, this saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. There are so many teachers out there. There's so many people that are not teachers, but they claim to be teachers, right? And they're saying they have all the information or they're the expert. But I really believe when you are attuned and aligned with your, your truth, the thing that you know that you're called or cert, like to do, or if you're still figuring it out, you're willing to like try new things. As a student, as being coachable, when you allow yourself to sit in that space and that energy, the teacher that's right for you will appear. And then it just takes the courage to say yes and to actually act on the thing, to take the step and not just sit in that seat of desire and expect and hope life will look different a year from now. Yeah, that's so good. And it it lends me to this next thing that's been coming up that I've seen just within, you know, the online space and the community a lot more so than ever. And I think it just kind of goes back to the fact that, you know, so many people are now, you know, coaches and service providers and course creators and all of that. And so it just lends to more options and choices. And something that we've been hearing a lot from our community is this idea of, well, I am, I invested in this course one time and I didn't really see anything from it. So I'm afraid to you know, invest again, or, you know, I invested in this coach, wasn't really a good fit. And so I'm afraid to, to invest again. You know, it's always this idea of, I tried this once I didn't get what I expected to get out of it. So it doesn't work for me. Or so I'm afraid, which to me, that's kind of like saying, you know, when I was a toddler, I wanted to learn how to walk and I fell down a couple of times. So I just stopped trying to walk. It's like, well, no, clearly like, you know, or in grade school, I got a bad grade once. So I just quit school. It's like, no, you know, we got a bad grade once. And then what do we do? We kept coming back. We kept working harder. Sometimes we would get not ideal grades. Sometimes we would get ideal grades, but we kept going. And most of us ended up graduating. Mm -hmm. Or when you're a toddler, it's like, yeah, you fell down a few times. Did you stop walking? No, you Mm -hmm. instinctually knew to trust yourself to get back up and Mm -hmm. to try again. You know, I tried to swim once and, you know, I wasn't Michael Phelps. So clearly swimming doesn't work. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, no, you yeah. just need to learn how to do it. So what would be your, you know, your feedback or your response for some of those that maybe they tried something once, or maybe they even tried it more than once. Maybe they tried a few coaches or a few programs or a few opportunities for them to be coachable. And for whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. just the expectation that they thought they were getting wasn't met. And so now they're making up and telling themselves that they're not coachable. It never works. Nothing ever works from them. All of this is just a crapshoot. Yeah. Well, first of all, if you've experienced that, I hate that for you. 
but it's a learning experience. And I think if you're in the game long enough, we're all going to have that happen to us. You know what I mean? It's proof that you're in the game. It's proof that you're trying. So congratulations for participating in life. <laughs> um, because the truth is things don't always go the way we want them to. They don't always go the way we expect them to or plan to. And learning how to be like adaptable in the midst of those things is part of being super successful in life. Being able to, to go with the punches and take, you know, take some hits sometimes is part of playing the game. And my question to you guys would, or just a thought for you guys to consider is what is your other option, right? Your other option is fall down in defeat, quit, not pursue the thing. And what does that cost you? Because there is a cost and a payoff. Sure, maybe I don't waste my money anymore. And if that's the way that you see it, maybe I don't waste my time anymore. Okay, but what, where, like, what do you not get as a byproduct of that? You're not moving towards the thing that maybe you want more than anything, right? You're giving up and sacrificing that, that dream or that goal for yourself. And when I think about, you know, a child that's learning how to walk, right? The thing that propels them to continue to get up and to continue to try is that out of survival, there is not another option, right? Walking is necessary to survive for so many of us. So it's like, okay, I'm doing this because I am fully committed. There is no back door. There is no way out. There is no second option. And I think so many of us, we're not that committed to our goals. We also always have a, a, a plan B, right? If you're so locked in on saying like, I am going to write this book or I am going to speak on stages, I'm going to do whatever it is that you feel called to do and you are dedicated to it and you're saying there's no resistance, opposition, thing that could happen that's going to get in my way, there that's called perseverance. And the people that are doing the thing you want to do, that you are, admire, that you respect, that you look up to, I promise you, they didn't get there because everything worked out for them perfectly. So there comes a choice point, again, a making intentional choices. That's what champions, that's what the best, the most highly successful people in the world do. They make intentional choices to show up and do the thing, even if they don't feel like it that day, or even if the evidence is against them. Teams that are down and out and that have like a track record of just getting like blown out, they could either just be like, why even try? Why even show up? And I think a lot of people show up to life with that defeated mindset, that victim mentality. And we might not even recognize it. And it's not, it's just something for us to be aware of. It's like, am I showing up to life already looking for all the reasons why this isn't going to work out for me? Or am I choosing to look at, hey, this, what if this goes so well? What if I kill it? What if this is a great partnership? What if it goes better than I ever imagined? And we are the ones that intentionally get to decide what story am I going to give my energy to? Because I think those, those thoughts, they're natural, but we are the ones that are responsible for deciding, are we going to continue to let that be the truth for us, the story that we play out? Because we'll always find evidence for the story that we believe. If you believe that I'm never going to get anything from this. Coaches are a waste of money. This is too hard. You're going to find evidence for it. So it does require you to shift that story and your mindset and your focus on why is this going to go 
well? Why is this going to go right? Why is this the next right choice for me? And then set your blinders on, okay, I'm going to go out and look for reasons why that confirms that story. And you will, you will find it. You will find evidence for whatever story that you tell yourself. Yeah. It's confirmation bias. Yeah. Um, it's our brains do it. Yeah. The other thing that this com- that this brings up for me is this idea of expectation. And I say this, I've said this on this podcast before. So if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me say this, that expectations are nothing more than just premeditated resentments. Mm-hmm. That when we are expecting something to go away, it's not, and it doesn't, it's not that, you know, it, it didn't go our way. It's that what we expected to happen was violated. And therefore we're telling ourselves it doesn't work. This never worked. I, I knew better to do this, whatever. And so anytime you have an expectation for anything, you are actually setting yourself up for a resentment down the road. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then, but, but then people could say, but Julie, like if I invest in a coach or I do this, like I am supposed to expect results. I am supposed to expect this. So I would love for you to kind of walk us through this because the other thing that I see, especially for people who are investing in any kind of coach or program for the first time, you got to kind of think of it like you're, you're, it, it's like you're in, like it's your middle school soccer team. But what happens is that you, you start, you're like, okay, this is my first year, seventh grade middle school stalker team. And I'm expecting this coach to take me to the Olympics. Seventh grade middle school soccer team. Going all the way. We are going to the Olympics. And it's like, hold on a second. Like, Mm -hmm. don't you, don't you need to go through a lot of years of soccer and actually a lot of coaches to then get on the team, to then go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And so again, it goes back to this expectation that we go into something for the first time and we're expecting this coach is going to make me a million dollars. This coach is going to change my life. This coach is going to help me find the man of my dreams. This coach is going to help me win the Olympics. That expectation is not only so grandiose and so unrealistic, the amount of pressure that you're now putting on yourself, it, it, it even, and even if you want to deflect that onto the coach, that's usually like what our brains do again to keep us safe. But the amount of pressure that we're putting on ourselves like to show up and perform in this way that we're not, we're not even there yet. We're not at the Olympics yet. We're back at seventh grade soccer and that's okay. Let's, let's be in seventh grade soccer. Let's like learn what we need to learn here. So what is your kind of perspective or feedback when it comes to being coachable? There's so many different stages and steps of what it means to be coachable. So Mm -hmm. for those, can you kind of map those out to us as, you know, the beginning stages of coachable and like, where are you getting your resources and what should that look like? And what are the expectations versus, you know, coaching at higher and higher levels? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, comes down to, you know, when you're thinking about your goals for your life, there's different types of goals. There's long-term goals, short-term goals. There's goals that you want to achieve within, you know, the next 10 years of your life, 20 years of your life. Uh, When you hire a financial planner, right? They're saying, okay, where, what year do you, how old do you want to be when you retire? They're not saying like, do you want to retire next year? Right. They're actually saying like, Hey, do you want to be in your fifties? Do you want to be in your sixties? And what are you willing to do to sacrifice to make sure you get there? right? How much are you willing to invest, to save, to put aside? These are the mechanisms and the wheels that we need to turn in such a way to make sure that you're able to retire at 60 years old. And that requires sacrifices on your end, right? Are you willing to say yes to that, to get the thing that you want 30, 40 years down the road? Now, I think 
to your point, it requires perspective for all of us. And I think this is on the student and the, and the, like the client and the coach to set expectations. Like anything, it's a relationship. You do this. Hopefully you would do this in your, your romantic relationships and your friendships that we have agreements that we understand that what you can expect from this relationship or partnership, that I'm not subconsciously just projecting all of my expectations on you. And then I'm disappointed and pissed off when you don't rise to the occasion, much less that I have not verbally expressed those or communicated to you to those, like those to you, that I'm holding you to these expectations that you know nothing about. That's unfair. And it's not only setting up yourself for failure, but disappointment, resentment, disconnection, and continually playing out the story that mm, like, I can't get what I want or it's too hard or whatever that, that story is. So I think it's about breaking down long-term goals into short-term wins. If you think about a football field, a hundred yards, right? I like to talk about um, life as a game of inches. It's about progress. You're not a, trying to get to the 20 yard line when you're on the other side of the field. You're trying to get the next down, the next inch, the next yard. So if you're just starting a, you know, your journey in personal development or personal branding or hiring your first coach for the first time, we need, I'm all about like manifesting our wildest dreams. And also let's be honest and realistic with ourselves at the same time of what does success and winning look like for me this quarter? What does success and winning for me look like within this container? And I think that's one thing coaches need to be asking their clients when we're going through enrollment is like, if we were to work together, what would winning look need to look like for you, right? For you to think this was, you knocked it out of the park. This was such a home run partnership program for you that you're so proud and happy with your success. What would those deliverables look like? You, you know, made $10,000, you know, in a month, you, got a certain number of followers, you actually got the equipment together to start the podcast. Like what are the things that you're like, I want to do this, 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 and that looks like success and winning. Most people though, they have a grandiose view of what winning looks like. It's making the million dollars. It's having the bestseller book, but they haven't looked like, what does winning look like for me today? Like if I was successful today, what would that look like? Maybe it looks like actually not snoozing the alarm and getting out of bed when I said it looks like. Maybe it's actually preparing the healthy meal. Maybe it's actually going on the walk after dinner and spending some time with my spouse. Maybe it's, you know, time blocking my ca calendar and sticking to it. Those are the small habitual things that are practiced over time that allow for the long-term gains. And if I'm not willing to sacrifice to be successful today, how dare I expect myself to be successful in, you know, at the end of the year, much less leave a legacy and lifetime of wins. So I think we need to be honest with ourselves about and define what is winning because it's going to be different for all of us. Well, that's so good. And I, I loved what you said about, I think it's also the, the realistic of what we're saying with these grandiose. It's like, I love the idea of when someone's like, I want to make a million dollars in a year. And it's like, okay, great. So technically that's about $85,000 a month that you have to start making starting today in mm -hmm. the next 12 months. And then they look at you like you have 15 heads. Mm -hmm. Because I think that it's like, when you really start to break it down to monthly, weekly, like what you're saying, like, what do I need to do today? 
if I need to make $85,000 a month, how, many, how much money is that a week? How much money is that a day? And you start to really see it's not that you can't build to making a million dollars in a year, but what is the reality? If you need to make $85,000 a month and you're currently making $15,000 a month, and you're putting some expectation on yourself or somebody else to get you to a million dollars in a year, well, then you've got this, dis, you know, this discrepancy mm-hmm. that you have to figure out, okay, so what am I going to do to now make this up so I'm actually hitting a realistic target to get there? Yeah. You know, same thing with weight loss. And so I love what you said about that of like going smaller and really focusing on today and today only and what that looks like. And it's great to have the grandiose ideas, but how do we actually turn them into reality? Mm-hmm. Um, which I love. So thank you for mapping that out and for sharing that with us. And I would love to know before we wrap up and I want you to be able to share all the things in just a moment, but when it comes to, you know, this new, I mean, you've been in, you've been doing this since 2019. Obviously you had a ton of experience before that in corporate America and speaking on stages, which is your background and everything. What is your hope for this world that we all live in, that we get to call social media and building an online platform and building an online brand? It's such an amazing, beautiful thing. What is your hope for it in the next, you know, 12 months? Mm. I think my hope is that as consumers, as content creators, as human beings, we take time to think about what is, um, what do I want to be known for? Because the thing about personal branding, um, which is often only thought about as people with influences, like influencers or people with online businesses, we all have a personal brand. And ultimately what that is, is your reputation. What do you, what do people think of when they think of you? My hope for people is that they think about that and they don't, just accept whatever is, you know, whatever people think of today when they think of you, but they allow themselves to sit down and get clarity about what is the message I want to share? What do I want people to think of when they think of me, when they interact with me online, when they come in contact with my content? How do I want them to feel? What do I want them to experience? I think so often we get focused um, solely focused on selling products and services that we forget that people care less about what we do and they care more about who we are. I hope that we're able as creators to share more of who we are authentically, um, vulnerably, vulnerably, and be willing to, you know, be honest about that and call people forward and invite people into a community of, of like-minded people, as opposed to just focusing on the end goal of, of what's the next program that I can sell or what's the next amount of money that I can, I can make. Because ultimately social media is a platform for us to engage and commune together around common interests and topics. And if we make it just a, you know, an e-commerce platform, then we might as well go, you know, like Amazon might as well start selling coaching programs. (laughs) You know, like let's actually they just might <laughs> congregate around <laughs> topics and uh, you know um, messages that are important to us and uh, continue to share that you know authentically. That's my hope is that we continue to just be more of who we are and sprinkle in the what we do, but share from a place of of vulnerability and authenticity. Mm, that's so good. 
All right, Tori, where can we find you, your incredible podcast, your amazing products and services, and your website? For sure. So I run the Coachable Podcast where we talk about all things being coachable, coachable relationships, finances, entrepreneurship, spirituality. So you can catch a lot of um, amazing guests like Julie on that show. And then you can go to ToriGordon.com and get connected with everything that I'm doing um, in terms of coaching, one-on-one groups, um, and uh, the monthly breathwork class that we host to invite people to come in and experience the power of their own breath. Um, and then you can connect with me on social media. I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Coach Tori Gordon. I'd love to connect with you guys over there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tori, for being with us today. And as always, if any, any part of today's conversation resonated with you, if there was something that just kind of made that little light bulb go, go off or made you go, huh, that's interesting, anything like that at all, Tori and I would love to know what that is. So make sure to screenshot today's episode tag me and Tori in that. We would love to know what your feedback is and we will make sure to share those on our story too to allow us to keep growing our communities and to keep being social and to keep serving others. So thank you so much for being here, Tori. I so appreciate it. Thanks, Julie. As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast. If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to juliesolomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to juliesolomon.net. You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all of that good stuff.